Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Is it too late now to say sorry? Because I'm... And it's not too late for 2020 to have the greatest comeback in calendar history. Welcome to a week one kickoff edition of Sorry We Love Football, the only show that actively hates the sport that it covers. I'm your host, Eagles fan, Daniel Hardigan, and welcome back, Josh McCown. I'm so happy that you're on the team. I hope you never have to play, but practice squad, I love you for life, dog. With us as always, Chiefs fan, Danny Solomon. Danny, we are so close to Chiefs-Texans kicking off this season. Describe your feelings at the moment. I'm starting to feel, and that's a good thing. I mean, and I can hear it in your voice. You're you're starting to get a little more vinegar too. This is really happening. We're going to have to accept it. I went ahead and bought, despite myself, despite any real reasoning, I bought the NFL Sunday ticket streaming package for way too much money. So let's do this. Let's really enjoy this because it may be the last thing we'll ever enjoy. Wow. Going legit. Okay, Danny. Uh, and as always, we got Washington football team fan Jamel Johnson. Jamel, it's rivalry week. What's up, bro? Um, yeah, up? I'm glad you feel that way. I know nothing but peace and love in my heart and my mom's HBO Max account. So uh, back off. Did your mom's HBO Max login get you Sunday ticket credentials? Or are you going Reddit streams? Yeah, I'm just going to make my little brother Zoom me the game. I'm just going to make him turn his laptop towards a Zoom screen. And does really? he have to do the play-by-play? I mean, he's just going to do that regardless. So, you know, I'd rather he didn't, but uh, I expect a lot of chatter. So basically you don't even have to glance up unless he makes a sudden excited noise well see yeah the problem is they're all excited noises i have to train myself to understand that he's not in danger and it's just football happening and everything's fine football is happening i can't believe it's here danny let's start the show even though this is a week filled with love what did you hate about football you're right i mean there was it was a little tougher this week to cover what i hated because there's you know we've done it so many times this off season, just trying to, you know, scour this game for negatives. And then it's finally starting to feel like things are turning around. But I did manage to catch one thing that I hated, which is the anti-racism. And I know that sounds bad. Do not get me wrong. The idea is great. It's what this country needs. And everyone has to get on board because white people, we should be ashamed of the things that we've allowed to happen. But the NFL's plan to put it front and center and show how committed they are to it has led to a few, let's say, tough-to-watch moments. Uh, Like, for instance, I watched 
episode four of Hard Knocks. It happened to be the week of the Jacob Blake shooting. And the first image that you see in this episode is a black Rams media advisor guy. He's like the head of communications. He's showing the footage to Sean McVay for the first time. And I'm not sure if this was the first take that they did or if they had to do several of them. But watching McVay's face was brutal because he had the look of a guy in a car ad who gets told that the Chrysler has the best JD power and associate score in its class. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure I know how they want me to react to this. So I'm just going to do, I'm going to be surprised. And not only was there a black man in the room, but this was going out to all of HBO. So he knew he had to get it right. And you could just see like his eyes were wide. His mouth was like, it was stuck open He kept saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, just like (laughs) kind of weird, awkwardly. Like, I'm not saying McVeigh is racist. Far from it. I don't think he is. But I'm positive that you would get a deeper gut reaction if you showed him practice tape of a missed cut block. Like, this whole thing is just, it's going to be tough. It started with Goodell's wooden face saying Black Lives Matter And we're going to start to see it pop up everywhere. We're going to get a weird Chris Collinsworth essay. We're going to see Coach Cower and Bradshaw try to talk it out on the panel and the morning shows. It's going to be rough. And look, this is a process. I'm white. I have some shit I have to do also. And the good news is people are trying to be better. But I just hope that the black and brown communities in this country will forgive us for looking like total dorks the whole time. Oh my god, I just started laughing thinking about like all of the stories we're going to hear about like dude's black friend from high school. Oh yeah. That they haven't talked to in a while. We're going to hear about a lot of old black friends this season. Just like, look, as a as a father to a kid who has a friend who is black. <laughs> here's what I think. I mean, it's just their perspective is just they And I I almost buy that some of these guys are hearing about this shit for the first time. Like they're just, they've been stuck, you know, in a, in a cycle of, you know, football from peewee to, to high school, to college and on, like that's their whole life. They've just looked at nothing but X's and O's and game tape. And they've never heard about the shit that's going on outside their door. So now we're watching them go through it in real time. And it is weird. Yeah, Kirk Herbstreit had a breakdown on uh, the first college game day. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, he went for it. Um, you know, I believed him probably a little bit more than McVeigh, but it still definitely felt like he was going into that interview to get that off. Like, he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. He woke up that morning and he's like, I'm going to cry on screen for two minutes. It's going to make the rounds on Twitter and wherever else, and people are going to know what a good guy I am. And I know what you mean, Danny. There's some sort of disingenuousness to some of this stuff where this is, it's like, it's like you're saying, okay, so you're learning about this for the first time in your life and we're watching in real time your reaction. So it's like, what the fuck have you been doing the last 40 years you've been on the planet? And you know that you're fucked if you say, if you make any wrong moves and there's that undercurrent of it too, which is, you know, it's it's that these white guys have to kind of act like they think people need them to act. And it it just drowns the whole thing in bullshit because none of it is genuine, like you're saying. 
Well, how's that manifested itself on this show? What what fake crap have we said that uh, we didn't even really mean? I mean, I'm I'm more or less joking. Like, I don't feel like we're posturing here or having these pre prepared uh, Man, you know apologies me... on behalf of who we are. It's just at some point it's going to bleed into us, right? I mean, it, we, we're Dan, we're not stop. immune. Dan, stop! Don't make me pull up the tape on you, man. Don't make me pull up the tape on you, man. I'm trying to remember which tape. Is it the one where I was sobbing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That time you cried about how gentrification saved your family? Yeah. We still have that. (laughs) We're scum as well. I mean, we have to just... I think we're all getting through it. I think it's just a thing that we all have to do in order to finally actually reconcile with uh, our feelings. Now that you're now, now that you're talking about that, Danny, I'm gonna kind of maybe get into what I hated this week, and I think we've had it before, but this week it's for different reasons. I hated myself this week. I almost hated me too, but go ahead. Did you almost hate you? Well, I hated me. There you go. And here's why: I was sitting around this past weekend with my thumb up my ass when I had a sudden realization: this is the last Sunday that's not going to be entirely devoted to football until freaking mid-February. And it just snuck up on me and just gave me a jolt to the system. I think, Danny, it might have had something to do with when you texted me about Sunday Ticket. Mm-hmm. And so it dawned on me that I was not properly prepared for this season. I wasn't as hype as I usually am. And I got into this, like, mini panic. There's a lot to get done to, to be ready for Sunday. I mean, or Thursday night. You know, where am I going to watch all these games with all the bars closed? There's no fallback option. You have to be prepared. I ordered a digital antenna. I played the Eagles fight song 10 times in a row. I made a new game day playlist. I started reading up on all the sites, listening to a few rival podcasts. And it and I think this is what stirred when it really started to stir in me that football is here because everybody, and I mean everybody, is picking the Cowboys to win the NFC East and to compete for a Super Bowl. And I hadn't felt that that negativity coursed through my veins for for an organization in a long time you know the GOP not not a obviously they count too but um <clears throat> I'm fucking ready man I, and I wanted to apologize on my behalf for maybe some of my lack of enthusiasm for the past few weeks but I can't wait to agonize on a Sunday morning waiting till 10 a.m filling the time with working out exasperated phone calls setting lineups, putting hype music on, just getting ready to kick some Washington football team ass this week. One of our fiercest rivals, the football team. I mean, it's it's true that I think I started to get that little flutter in the chest when I filled out my second fantasy league. When we had our draft, which was my other league, finally the team is together and I can really picture myself on the couch Sunday, just, you know, picking, looking at games, like flipping through all the different shit. Now that I got the Sunday ticket, I'm going to be flipping around here, hither and yon, looking at all these different games. I'm going to have it all. It's going to be all in my phone, just me and the phone staring at each other for eight (laughs) hours. No life. Every Sunday until February. That's what, that's what's like really hit me. It's just, it's over. This, this, uh, this meandering, aimless Sunday I just had, they're gone. 
I hope you enjoyed it, guys, because they're fucking gone. Jamel, what did you hate about football this this week, other than those last two speeches? Well, you know what I hated about football this week? What feels like the future of podcasting. I, I hate the way that I feel media going. I, I'm, uh, I don't know if it was you or uh, Danny who sent this to the group chat, but uh, a couple of uh, young ladies went on a reputable podcast uh, called Note Jumper. And they, they are starting to build a body of work. This is the second time this summer that a story like this has come up on their show. This is the first time it has involved a football player. But they are seeing a lot of success from the formula of having promiscuous young lady come in and talk about their exploits with athletes. Uh, most recently, Odell Beckham liking to get pooped on, uh, uh, on on himself. And I, you know, I initially was shocked. Then I recoiled and I thought, you know what, that's pretty cool. Because he's very candid about his sexuality. He's like very like... Uh, uh, androgynous in his approach and he doesn't really say a lot and the whole time he's like oh, you, you guys think I'm gay? <laughs> it's way weirder than that. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool and then I began to get worried about us and our future and, and uh, our time with uh, the lovely armchair media company. At some point we're going to be expected to become gossip guys. Things are turning that way, and they're going to want us to be gossip guys. And we are going to lose our spot if we cannot find whoever fucked Travis Kelsey in the ass. If we have to figure out who else is getting pegged in the league soon, or we are going to be out of a job, guys. And I hate that. It's a great point, Jamel. I mean, we've resisted. I feel like we all have small pieces or little uh, items of gossip that we have from players who are in the league right now that we have not brought up on this show. I don't want anybody to find out that I like to get pegged, so I'm not going to tell on anybody. But now it's time to start telling on people. The the, the part of the story for these for the gossip girls um, that rubbed me the wrong way, and I think Sam Jay pointed out today on Twitter, was the girl telling the story said she couldn't get the job done. She said insane. she was flown out to the crap shit. on a man. To crap on Odell Beckham's chest and couldn't deliver. That's insanity. And now she, she said she and she got broke off. She got stimulants and free champagne from a podcast for not pooping on someone. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, just a couple of questions. I mean, first off, I know I can't shit on command. I don't know if you guys can, I'm but it's. Can. It's difficult, and especially in a sexual situation when it's your first time with someone. I mean, it's you know, I know that when I back when I was dating, it was very difficult to you know perform under adverse conditions if I had gotten too drunk, if you know, if if the the vibe wasn't right, but we were doing this thing anyway. You know, I would have to I would have to really gut it out. And if you're talking about going from the front all the way around to the backside, that's got to be ten times harder to me. And second is what is Odell or people of his ilk, what do they expect the quality of the shit itself to be? Are they looking for like a solid ripe log? You know, are they looking for the, the best shit that a human can make like a perfect, you know, kale shit, or is it just like, 
whatever you get, you get. And it's like a surprise me thing. And maybe even like a, you know, a Chipotle splatter is a good thing in their world. I don't a know. Little splatter. I think what you want, I think you want it to drop down and end up like pancake batter. You feel me? <laughs> so you want to so be always Yeah. Yeah. It like, but it like, it goes out and it's like, what? But then it stops at some point. You don't want it to keep, but you want a little runoff. Can and you can get COVID that way too. So that's enough. She's got to get tested. <laughs> and I wish we could kind of bet on who the next person who is going to get shit on on a podcast, literally and figuratively. I got something for you. Hey, you know, I don't know if that's your style. And Danny, hey, you might not be in the game either this year, but uh, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Yeah, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props or poops. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Uh, yeah, give me, uh, give me the over on Dalvin Cook. Uh, liking to <laughs> liking to get dookied on. I like Kirk Cousins. Same team, same offense, no, same yeah. model, same yeah. model. Kirk Cousins' dad. That's even money if you bet on Kirk Cousins' dad liking to get shit on. We've reached week one, and before we start previewing these games, we're gonna each make a big prediction for the season. That could be, you know, based on a player, a team, a league-wide prediction. Something that you think is going to happen this season. You have strong feelings about why. Danny, do you have a big prediction? I do, fellas. And and I think it's a pretty uplifting one. My prediction for this season, Alex Smith will start 15 games. Whoa. I believe it. Week one, Haskins is going to shit the bed, figuratively, Mm -hmm. uh, with three interceptions in the first half. Jamel obviously will settle into his old routine of hating the team and scrolling WNBA mock drafts. Why? But, yes. But Ron Rivera wanting to live life to the fullest during his cancer treatment will say, fuck it and pull the kid for Alex. Alex then throws a sensible two touchdowns and Washington wins. He becomes the unquestioned starter for the rest of the season and picks up right where he left off, finding a way to win most of his games. Suddenly, the narrative of Jamel's whole existence is turned on his head. And with the cloud of bad football gone, Jamel will quit weed, buy a power suit, get a business degree, and by this time next season, he will be CEO of Broccoli House Capital Management. Yes, yes. Pursuit of happiness. Yes. Mark my words, this season, Alex Smith will game manage Jamel Johnson's life. Help me help me make a LLC, Alex Smith. <laughs> I like all of this except for leading the team to a win in week one. I like him to battle valiantly and earn the job while losing in week one. And then starting 15 games. I mean, we're gonna see a little bit of uh of Josh McCown in this game too. Don't don't sweat it. <laughs> Carson, <laughs> Carson, Carson Jalen Hurts. 
Jay oh, Hart. right. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe he gets injured too. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. But it's going to be fantastic. Fun. That's a fantastic prediction. I could totally see Jamel <clears throat> doing a full 180 on his feelings about the team and in life in general. Could be interesting. Uh, Jamel, you got a big prediction for this season? Uh, you know, that's funny. My big prediction also involves the Washington football team. I predict someone else uh, uh, employed by the team will get cancer. That is my big prediction. More cancer to come uh, throughout the season. Uh, it might be an equipment manager. Who knows? Uh, but it's going to happen. And we're going 8-8. Eight and eight. Take that. I don't know how, and I don't know when. But I say it every year, and I'm going to say it again. Eight and eight, baby. I feel like eight and eight would be that would cure cancer for anybody in Washington because that is the best case scenario for that team. Would be pretty good. Would be pretty good. Sweep the Eagles, lose to the Giants three times somehow. Oh yeah. You could. If you make the wild card round and they make the playoffs, you could lose to them three times. Why not? So exciting. I have a big prediction. And it's Gonna make you guys feel gross, but I believe this. I think Philip Rivers is gonna win comeback player of the year and be in the MVP conversation for this season. I genuinely believe this. I think Indy is the perfect situation for Rivers. He has Frank Reich, former Eagles god slash offensive coordinator. He used to coach Phil Rivers. He's playing behind the best offensive line he's ever had. He has good running backs, Marlon Mack and then the young Jonathan Taylor. He's got good enough receivers. T.Y. Hilton has been a legit number one in this league. I don't know where he is at right now. Three years ago. The defense is young and talented. And I know the AFC South is going to be a dogfight. You got the Titans and you got the Texans. Uh, You got three really good teams down there. And... I don't know. I feel like they're all going to be 9-10 win range. And Phillip Rivers is going to have that team in the mix. The Colts were good last year with pretty subpar quarterback play. They had the weird retirement. Brisket for set was pretty good. This is whole this whole thing is racist. Everything you just said is incredibly yes. racist. And then you capped Literally it off nothing with to brisket. Do with you called him brisket last show. Nah, That's I didn't say brisket. I didn't say brisket. What about Biscotti? Is that racist if we call him <laughs> Kobe Biscotti? Look, man, I know you're going to hate to see his, his dumb face complaining about calls and giddy as shit in the post-game conferences talking about his kids and how they love Indianapolis and they're taken to the city. But Phil Rivers is going to be a fixture of this season, and we just all have to deal with that. It feels like Brady is going to – in the beginning has all this news about him being on the Bucks, but I think Phil Rivers is going to be the story. Uh, okay, let's get into the week one slate. I'm so fucking happy that this is happening. This is real. There are games all weekend, starting with Thursday, 5.30 p.m., the kickoff game of the season, mm-hmm. Texans at Chiefs. Danny, how pumped are you for this? Isn't it great to have the first game? Because that means your team was awesome last year. If you're in this like headliner season kickoff game, that's you have to earn this game. And you guys obviously did. We did, and you know, no more than than this season, but also we have we have been in this game before. We just did it a couple of years ago against the Pats when they won. 
we uh we got to start it with them and end up uh kicking their asses if i believe correctly uh it was nice it's you know it's an honor we're gonna throw up the banner it's gonna be a sweet moment for everybody uh you know we were on a 51 to 7 run on the texans and i think that's just gonna continue at least throughout the first half until they start doing some garbage time shit they've gotten worse and we're the same or better. The only thing that I could see taking anything out of this game would be the fact that we have about one-fifth of the fans that we normally have. So we only have 22,000 or so fat idiots getting the virus, which is a shame because that is a huge advantage at Arrowhead. I don't know what 22,000 people sounds like, but Patrick Mahomes will make it work. And all I'm, all I'm going to say is if the Chiefs lose this game, then I think then Biden loses because at that, at that point, everything that's right in the world will go wrong. And we can just, the, 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 the whirlpool, the, you know, the, the dragging down of our, of our society will just have begun at this point instead of a few months from now. You know, this is also a battle of the two highest paid players in NFL history. Deshaun Watson just signed his, his uh, you know, five-year deal, I think, and he's being paid more per season than Mahomes, but Mahomes has overall more money and guarantees. Also, the good guy championship. Deshaun Watson, great guy. Patrick Mahomes, great guy. These guys drafted in the same class. They're always going to be entangled, and they're kind of in a competition, not just on the field, but who can be a better guy off the field? They're donating game checks. They're signing up people for voting. It's a... It's, uh, it's kind of a good place for the league to, to start their season. Just two of the, the best players in the league are like these awesome people. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as in the, on the field comparison off the field, Patrick Mahomes is just a little better. I think that's a little better of a person, you know, not to say anything about Deshaun. Deshaun is doing all the right things as well, but you're, you're mentioning the contract. He's taken full money. He doesn't care what his team gets he doesn't he's not even thinking about them all he's thinking about is stuff in his face with wings and what what was the thing that it, he he had a thing with wings last season right i don't know I don't he's, he he credited his playoff win that's right uh, to Popeye's so, chicken sandwiches and you know what they're delicious but patrick mahomes he's a whataburger guy and he doesn't fuck around with money he doesn't need it he's gonna spread it around to the rest of the team and then take the rest of the money that he does get and go help people vote, and then he's going to take the Super Bowl ring, he's going to auction it off, build an orphanage, and then name it after somebody else because he's that humble. I don't know if those last two things are true. They're going to be. They're going to be true. Just watch. This man is going to be the fucking Gandhi of football. (laughs) So uh, we all like the Chiefs in this game? I definitely do. Oh, yeah. Give me the Texans, fuck it. Oh Give my the God. Texans, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, look, the Texans, if you want to play devil's advocate here, they were up 24 to 3 at KC last season, and then it all fell apart. But they definitely have a little blueprint for how to get up on this team. Can it's they, COVID can ball. They just hold it's COVID ball. Everything's it's different. Ball anything's possible. We're in their heads. It's over before we even step on the field. Jamel's just trying to joker this shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into the <clears throat> the Sunday slate. 
it's gonna be feel it's gonna feel so great to have red zone back on and just fucking eight games coming down to the wire at once and then some stinkers obviously too but sunday 10 a.m let's start seahawks at falcons First bird battle of the year. Always love these. Uh, I'm weirdly interested in this game. Uh, I'm very high on Seattle this season. I think that they're a Super Bowl contender. It's going to be a temperature test for them. I think going into Atlanta is tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seattle, the continuity is just there. This coaching staff, the um, the skill players, they added Greg Olson as tight end. I think that's an upgrade. I don't know. how He's pretty injury prone, but otherwise he's good when he's on the field. Eight starters return on offense. They've upgraded with Jamal Adams on defense. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Something about the Falcons always intrigues me. I, I just appreciate that they keep rolling the same thing out there despite it getting worse every season. Every season, about four straight seasons, this thing has done nothing but decline. But they're just going to keep rolling them out there. And I love it. And it's just enough for me. It's just enough rope for me to hang myself and think Julio Jones is going to have another big year. I mean, of course he is. Julio cannot be stopped. No. He's one of the all time greats. And so is Matt Ryan. Somehow, season after season, Matt Ryan is good. His nu- When you look at his numbers after every season, you're like, this guy lit the world on fire. He's. He's putting up 35 touchdowns a season, no matter what, basically. Have and you, Has Matt Ryan even done one fucking Lexus commercial or something? Have, he's got nothing for his entire career. I've never seen that guy do anything. I think early on he got the watch deal. I can't remember which watch it was. It makes me wonder about his mental state. Is he, like, secretly the biggest, like, alt-right guy? Like, he went to a Catholic school. You know he ain't pro-choice. He's from Philly. So that gives a lot of some hope. There's a lot of bad people from Philadelphia. Yes, there are. There's no doubt about that. But that gives him a chance to not be bad in that way. He might be a little bit more open-minded and bad in other ways, but we don't know. I think the worst the worst human being is probably Big Ben, but then, you know, pulling up pulling up right beside him are Kirk and uh and probably Phil. Yeah. Seeing Kirk's dad this week really Oh my god, I'm so glad he's gone. I mean, he's I like knew a he Melvin. You know how like the dad poisoned his mind, for sure. So, I you know I wish I had it up in front of me. I don't know what every stadium's policy is right now. I know some places are doing absolutely no fans. Like you said, KC's doing twenty percent. Dallas is doing a hundred percent. They just don't care. They're letting everybody in. I don't know what Atlanta's home field is going to look like. You know, they're always pumping in fake noise anyway. Um, I like the Seahawks in this game. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, just it just feels like the the Seahawks are just going to start hot and have this weird confidence that they think they're the team to beat. I don't know a lot of teams that have that kind of edge to them already, but Jamal Adams is talking a big ass game, just saying like we're the team to beat, and I don't I don't see any reason why they're not. I mean, Russell Wilson did have. A very good year. A very good year. Uh, who you guys like in this? Yeah, I, I would. I just believe the opposite of what you're saying as far as the start. I do agree that the Seahawks are going to be great this year, but for some reason they never really fully Seahawk it until 
about midseason. I think with the COVID ball aspect and all these new players who are going to be good down the line, I think they, they rattle off an early loss on the road against the Falcons. But Tough then game two for the, the West Coast team going to the 10 a.m. East Coast start. That always There's always the gambling lines account for that because a lot of times even the better team drops this game. So that's a good insight. Plus, they got to, they got to, you know, this is their first time outside of that, uh, that controlled zone. That, that, yeah, first time zone. outside of Chad. Yeah, the Chad. Yeah, I, have to, I think um, traveling has to be strange, which competes against why I think the Texans can win. But you, the reasons you mentioned why the Seahawks could lose is why I think the Texans could win. But also, traveling anywhere to the south has to be frightening are you kidding (laughs) um okay jamal who you got in that game i'm going with the falcons give me dogs (laughs) give them the dogs all right next game we got a an afc east divisional battle jets at bills this one was a Flirting with being a one-sentence game, which we'll get to. But uh, the Bills are just one of those teams that has the same continuity like we were just talking about with the Seahawks. It seems like it's the same staff, improvements at a lot of key positions. We talked about this in a few of uh, the past shows. Just the one question mark is Josh Allen. How good is he going to be? I think he's going to be better than Sam Darnold and the Jets this week. Um, the Bills' defense is probably top three for sure. You know, You never know how they're going to – Final. You never know how they're going to end the season, but I think uh, the Bills are fine. But I was, I was actually, I went to the store and I bought, I was buying trash bags and I bought those really good scented ones. You know, the ones that like the, that have like the Febreze on the inside. They yeah, really yeah. make it so that you don't even smell the trash when you put shit in there. That's what the Bills make me think of. It's like a good scented trash bag that covers the trash inside and the jets are just kind of a wide open, like you threw old fish bones in there and it's 105 degrees outside and you just let it stand in the middle of the kitchen. So obviously this is a win for the bills, but I think the bills just kind of have some structural problems that we're just going to only get to when they get to the playoffs. And it's just going to keep happening where people are going to be like, Oh, this kitchen smells amazing. It's like, you didn't even throw anything away in here. There's nothing. This is a perfectly good kitchen. And then you pull the trash bag out and you open it up to put something in, and you smell the stink. And that is Josh Allen. He's just he, people are so hard for this guy. I don't know what he's done to earn it besides try to throw a forty-yard bomb to his fullback in crunch time when it mattered most last season. He just reminds us of something uh, that, that we're searching for in football, a character from Ballers. He seems like the one white guy who would hang out with the black guys in Ballers. It's not where you want to be. Um, yeah, I got Bills in this game. <clears throat> and the Jets are going to be one of the worst teams in all of the league this season. Dan, how long until Le'Veon Bell is let go? Well, I was going to say, what's what do you think happens first? Lev Bell uh, publicly uh, shits on his own team, or Steph Diggs gets into a, some sort of dispute with Josh Allen? What happens first? Uh, Bell. Okay. I 
He hates his coach. We know that much. Yeah. And the coach sucks. Isn't that yeah, coach bad? Is bad? Mark my words right now. I think the Chiefs end up with, at least for a short time, with Lev Bell in their roster sometime. Jesus, that's just not right. Okay. Uh, moving on. Okay. Here was what I wanted to say, and I should have done this game first, but Bears at Lions. Is it possible to have a one-sentence game week one? So when we preview each game, we, we you know there's going to be some turds. We don't want to spend too much time on every single game if we think the game's going to suck and if we don't want to watch any of it. Bears at Lions seems like a perfect example of that. Um, do you guys think we can do one-sentence games week one, and does this belong? Uh, I'm going to say yes, but I think it should have been – well, yeah, we got them. We all got them all lined up. This looks exactly right. Yeah, I, I, you know, we did a megapod last week. We covered everybody's team. No need to stroke people who haven't earned it. This is a one sentence game. The you know the Bears made a horrible choice with Mitch Trubisky, and the Lions have been doing that for several seasons now with everything but the quarterback. Uh, unless you're just a diehard. NFC North fan or our boss, Matt Harris, this is an unwatchable turd of a game. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky will be benched by week six or before. Next game. Packers at Vikings, the other NFC North battle. (sighs) What do you guys like about this one? I'm excited to watch Packers football again. It seems to have a soft spot for the pack. Of course I do. And, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just, there's no way he doesn't have one more season for us. He's got one more. They got an actual running back now. And he's got a young guy behind him that he just wants to shit on so bad. (laughs) Hey, nothing Aaron Rodgers likes more than having a young guy behind him. Am I right? Hey, two snaps. Can you hear the snaps? I mean, honestly, I think that would revitalize Aaron Rodgers' career right at this moment. If we just let him be who he is, he could go out there and be the Aaron Rodgers of old, throw 40-plus touchdowns. But you're right. I picked him up as a backup in fantasy, even though all the fantasy people said he's done. You shouldn't pick him up, that you're an idiot if you pick him up for any reason. I got him in the 10th round, and I feel great about it. I got Aaron Rodgers. The dude can run if he needs to. He can still throw the deep pass. Unlike Philip Rivers, and uh, you know he's got decent weapons around him. I also have Aaron Jones in the league. I'm I'm ready to roll with the pack, and I think the Vikings' defense in the secondary is kind of new, kind of not totally figured out, and uh, I think they're relying on a draft pick to start. So I don't think that they're quite equipped early in the season to uh, to to take on a team like the Pack. Maybe later, maybe down the line, but not this time. Yeah, uh, as the years pass, I hate the Vikings more and more and want to see their demise. Absolutely. Uh, And I hope this is the beginning of a terrible campaign for them. Um, The Vikings are close to one of my least favorite teams as well, but I am picking them in this game. I feel like they are primed to have a great season and win that division. Before we close out the NFC North, did did we actually pick the Lions Bears game? I think no, at least didn't. at least to the people who care, I'll say the Bears win this one. With their D. 
Yeah, that's the only way. Is like two fumbles and a pick or something. Uh, give me the Lions. Lions win. Just yeah, like, give me a composed Lions victory. Yeah, like forty-seven to thirteen. And you're just like, what the fuck happened there? I think yeah, it's one of those games. Shit happened. Rare, there, yeah, for sure. Rare competent Lions football team. <laughs> All right, uh, Dolphins at Patriots. This is fun because we get Fitz magic to start the season once more versus Cam Newton. Uh, last year. The last time Fitzgerald was on the field, he ended the Patriots dynasty by knocking them out of that uh, bye and giving mm. it to Danny's Chiefs team. What a moment. And you, that was a magic day. And now he's back in New England, the, the scene of the crime, but it's a new look Patriots team with Cam Newton. And you have this new hope on their offense where it's not just this lame duck guy who just stands back there and is old as fuck. Yeah, yeah, Cam now, and this dude Cam is re-energized, and I feel like it's gonna be. This is gonna be a weirdly, really fun game. The rematch of this game is gonna be a one-sentence game. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> There's no way these two teams hold up. The Pats are dead. I mean, everybody loves the story of you know Brady's gone, but they still got Bill, and they still got that Patriots way and the mystique. Fuck that shit. It was all about Brady. And the way he like commanded his guys, the way he demanded that they act a certain way, and they, you know, he held up all of the Belichick principles off the field and with the guys and in the locker room and all that shit that the coach can't quite get his meaty little paws into. And I think for sure, without that, they're absolutely nothing. They're Julian Edelman. Their running back isn't even around. He's like going to be gone for the first. He's on IR, so he's gone for at least three games. And then, I mean, can you name one of their starters on offense besides Julian Edelman? Yeah, um, Nikhil, Hen- Hen- Nikhil Harry. Cameron Newton. Cameron Newton. He's a big one. Nikhil Harry, ladies and gentlemen. That is your saving grace for the Pats <laughs> to score points. I don't, know if, I, I don't know about the Patriots. Uh, I know they don't, they don't say anything to the press. For any reason. So them naming Cam the captain kind of like threw me off. I was like, does he look really good in practice? Or is Belichick just like grasping at anything? Is that why he's doing subway ads? Because he's just lost his fucking mind? Or does <laughs> Cam we, look really good? I think we talked about that a little bit. Cam hasn't been healthy in seasons. I mean, the guy has just been limping around carrying the Panthers team's on his back. He is refreshed. He's on a one-year prove-it deal where he thinks he can get another max if he balls out this season. So I feel like Cam's going to leave it all out there. I don't I don't feel like Cam is fucking around this season. He's trying to win it and put up big numbers. Um, I like the Patriots in this game, and I like the Patriots throughout the season. I know they had a ton of guys opt out, which I feel like is – Danny, what you're alluding to, not only did they lose their leader, they they lost key players who just decided, I'm not playing this season due to COVID and possibly other reasons. Because they never got struck. Yeah. I, I just feel like Cam Newton is just such a, a genius pickup for that team that it only it almost realigns them to being a baby face instead of a heel, where you're just kind of like, do I like the Patriots? Everyone's counting them out. They got Cam Newton and nobody. Could this be fun? Man, next game. Fuck these guys. 
Next, who do you guys got to win that game? Uh, give me the fucking Patriots. I hate myself. I'm going. I'm going Dolphins. I told you in the last show they're going to be feisty. They're gonna. They're gonna have a little something to them that fits magic is real. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick forever because of that. And uh, you know what? I think we just finally see the Emperor's got no clothes, and and we get to see Bill Belichick's naked body on national television. All right. Next up, we got the Eagles visiting the football team. Um. So you got Eagles at football team for real. I mean, okay. Jokes aside, I really feel like this is going to be an interesting matchup, which is Washington's pass rush against the Eagles makeshift O-line. The strength of the football team last year was their pass rush and they got better. They drafted Chase Young. That's all they're good at. And then we have this pat. We lost two all pros in the off season we had to bring back Jason Peters, and he's been shifting around. He was playing guard. Now he's back to left tackle because that dude tore his bicep muscle and he's out for the season. Um, you know, the the way that the, the football team can win this game is if they get up early and the Eagles have to pass. If the Eagles have to just drop back Carson and throw every play, it could turn into a scary, embarrassing game for the Eagles. If they can come out and just run the ball early and build like a little 10-0 lead or something, this should be a cake game. But they can't fall behind. This, the Washington team is scary if they have an early lead. That's the only way that they can no, be good. We're actually scary uh, only before the game. Uh, none of that. None of what you said really holds water. Yeah, we got a pass rush, but we don't have anything else. We can, have, we can stop the run and we can rush the passer. But we can't stop anybody once the ball is in the air. So if you guys have to throw 50 times, it's still going to be – you're going to complete about 70 of them shits. We have no DBs. We have no linebackers. If it's a throwing game, Zach Ertz is going to destroy us. And that is fine with me as I overshot when I drafted him in the fantasy league this year. So I, I would love that. I do I do think your deficiencies on defense kind of align perfectly with what's going on with the Philly offense because they have no receivers right now. Right. So, you know, you've That's got kind of we can't a, yeah. get into a throwing That's game. y'all y'all real problem is y'all don't have any receivers. But if Zach Ertz is good, you guys will be fine. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just having nightmare visions of last year where Skins are up 17-0 before the game even starts. We played this game last year, week one. And in the second quarter, it was 17-0 Skins. And we did come back and win that game. Yeah, so what are you talking about? Because you improved your pass rush. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, fine. Fine. You just just literally just... And our O-line is worse, and our receivers are worse. Okay, that's that's fair on paper. Otherwise, I do expect this to be an Eagles win. Uh, I'm very excited to see what the the football team's home crowd looks and sounds like. If they have any crowd, I don't know what the the deal is at FedEx. It's going to be 10 drunk dudes from Suitland. And I hope they have a fucking blast. Go Birds, baby! Eagles big. I love that Dan's whole thing is like, 
look, I mean, we, we're definitely – we don't have receivers right now. Our defense is susceptible. You guys have a great pass rush. Our line is kind of weak. Anyway, Eagles by 40. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm listening to the Dan on the early side of the prediction rather than this side. I'm going to say that Dan is talking about a much closer game, and I think that's what this will be. Yeah, uh, I am hoping and praying for the emergence of Bryce Love because I love love. And I would love a three-point victory. Go football team. Gross. All right, Raiders at Panthers, one-sentence game. Here's my one sentence. Jason Witten is on the Raiders. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty good. My one sentence is David Garr's on the Raiders. LOL. Uh, I'll say uh, Bridgewater slightly over Carr plus Christian McCaffrey. Minus any good defense on the Raiders equals, I guess, the Panthers. I believe in Bridgewater. All right, next up, Colts at Jags. One-sentence game. Here's my sentence. The Phil Rivers MVP campaign begins in Jacksonville. Um, My one sentence is... uh... Justice for Jacoby Brissett and Breonna Taylor. Not in that order. My one sentence is a question, which is, which team is really tanking? Mm. The Jags. <laughs> Are Obvious. they? You hire Phillip Rivers, you get what you pay for. Hey, uh, Jacoby Brisket is still on the team. So if, the, if Phil Rivers tanks, you still have a good backup. I think we all know he's not a good backup because he wasn't a good starter. And that's what a good backup is supposed to be. Someone who can start and win games for you, a la Matt Moore. He's a great starter. Moving on. Fun, last uh, 10 a.m. game. Browns at Ravens. Uh, Miles Garrett returns to the field. That is pretty fun. Um, the, the, the Browns, I like. Uh, the Browns, I like that Cleveland fans are extra quiet this year. Last year, they were their loudest ever, and they were silenced basically immediately by my guys. Um, I think the Browns are just going to be fun. Just another fun 8-8 eight and eight team with no real championship hopes or abilities, but goddamn if it's not going to be fun. I think that's one of the reasons I, I that helped me decide to get the NFL Sunday ticket was I was like, you know what? Worst comes to worst. If there's not a Chiefs game or if Chiefs games nationally televised and I didn't really need this, I can pop over to a Browns local and have a good time. I think they're oh, gonna be wow. fun. I think that's the kind of thing. And Miles Garrett, he's gonna be he's gonna be great this season. He's gonna be rejuvenated with the new contract and being fully vindicated. And uh, I also believe that, you know, he's not gonna win this game because Lamar's not going to be able to get the same kind of reaction that Mason Rudolph was able to get, uh, partially because he doesn't use language like that. I like that the Browns are Danny's league pass team. That's awesome. Jamal, who's your league pass team? Come on, the Titans, dude. You kidding? Yeah, that's true. That's your real Actually, team. the Titans are my team. The Washington yeah. football team is my league pass team. Okay, I was, that, was, that was very intriguing when you said go football team. That... Is that's the only way to say it, right? You can't like. There's, there's no the shorthand is all fucked up now. Go football. You can say go, go football. Go that's kind of fun. 
It sounds go football sounds like you're one of those dudes who like loves RPGs and you know and like Battlestar Galactica and he's talking about like sports ball. I think. Do you guys remember last year the first uh, Ravens game? I think Lamar threw like five touchdowns in the first half and just kind of put the league on notice that the Ravens were going to be awesome. I think it's going to be that, but the opposite. And the Ravens are going to run for like 350 yards. And Ingram's going to go off. Lamar's going to have some highlight runs. And it's going to be kind of that big win, but on the ground this time. And that's just uh, what I think. Oh, that reminds me of a great product. But I'll start from the beginning. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there's one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush, like you said. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do just that. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. I know my body image is completely rested on how my bush looks. If it's not properly trimmed, it's like having an unmade bed in the room. The whole thing just feels dirty. So landscaping, very important to me. You can get that done through the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. And when I'm talking about fellas down low, I think it's no secret that I'm talking about your testicles, your male testicles. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever you like. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. So if you're getting these 2s and 3s and 4.0s all mixed up, just know you got a nail kit, you got a trimmer, your nuts are going to look fucking fantastic. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit, and it features tempered stainless steel tools. It includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file to really get some hard work done on your cock and balls. And the Shears nail, nail Kit also allows you to plug your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Now on your website, on the Manscaped website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also, also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne specifically designed for your sack. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Hell, OBJ does even worse every day. He likes to smell human shit. This is just nuts. And it's nuts how great Manscaped.com website is. Go to Manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products today. And listeners of the show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair on manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaping that front trunk. Dick and balls. Let's go. Hey, and you know what you need balls for, especially well-trimmed balls? You need them to make sports bets. Mm. 100%. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action 
at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start up wagering on win, division, championship futures, and whether or not Joe Biden has a chance right now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's move on to the Sunday 1 p.m. games. Chargers at Bengals. This is a one-sentence game, guys. This is as one-sentence as this shit gets. I'm just saying I wish this was Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert, two rookies. I don't know why we got to do the Tyrod thing. He's a good quarterback, but he's, it's not exciting. doesn't make me want to watch. I would love to watch Tyrod Taylor every two years. He comes back whenever cicadas come back. <laughs> Just two woke dudes leading their teams. And uh, I, I think this is a Joe Burrow coming out party, actually. I'm sort of excited about him. I picked up Tyler Boyd. We'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, this game is trash. Give me the Chargers. Let's go. I'm going both right. too. Next up, probably the the most fun Sunday game, Bucks at Saints. We get to finally see this Brady Gronk era begin in Tampa Bay against kind of the the staple NFC kind of power of this is the team that they have to beat, right? If this if the Bucks are really going to make uh some some waves in the league. They have to beat the Saints. They're doing it in New Orleans. Don't call it a holdout. Kamara said, I ain't never held out in my life. That was his quote. So he's fully ready to go. Breeze almost retired this offseason. Do you think he's regretting coming back? We get Breeze Brady. This is a fun game. Yeah, if it was five years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually sick of both of these dudes already. Uh, Jimmy Drew Brees could have been kissed my ass. Uh, this is, I, I, I can't believe there is still football games where both quarterbacks don't think black people should have rights. How is that possible in 2020 that both quarter quarterbacks in a game, give me one and two backups. Sure. But both starters insane. The MAGA ball. That, that Yeah. That is the new era of football, I think, is that all quarterbacks who don't openly say Black Lives Matter will be relegated to backup duty and uh, and play only in garbage time. So once we get the this last group of dudes from the early 2000s out of the way, once Brady, Rivers, Big Ben, and to a lesser extent Rodgers are out of the league, then we can start playing some real football with uh, people who believe in the rights of other human I mean, beings Jesus to live. Christ, how can you be a quarter? You're a quarterback. There are only, there are only six active white wide receivers in the whole league. You got to think black lives matter. Anyone who, yeah. I mean, if you're willing to take a photo today with president Trump, you should be kicked to the, to the bench. That's it's just I, gotta yeah. be. They got to figure out what they're doing with the symposiums because I, you know, I think that the way athletes hang out don't matter. Like taking a picture with Trump when you're an athlete for a living matters less because all you do 
is think about football and work out and occasionally have sex or get dookied on. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not think you're not in the the world with the rest of us. You're in a completely different bubble where only the only thing that matters is like protein shakes. But maybe that's not the case. I like the same tier. You guys like. I'll go Saints too because of the defense. Sneaky good. They almost got clowny and then it would have gone supernova, but they're still really, really good. And uh, a lot of my Saints pals have been giving me the inside scoop that the defense will be better than the offense. Man, the playing the Saints in an empty building doesn't frighten me at all. Bucks. Okay. Uh, last afternoon game, we got Cardinals at 49ers. I think the Cardinals are going to be very fun, but I will say they had the worst secondary in the league last year. In the exact same four guys are back. There's no difference on who they have out there. So that's kind of rough. I feel like Jimmy G is going to have a big day, even though I don't think he's necessarily a great quarterback. Could be a nice shootout game. I mean, you know, Kyler's going to make some plays. I just think the Niners are too good. They signed DeAndre Hopkins to some crazy deal. Um, he did. He's happy. We're going to find out very quick. Uh, about these Super Bowl hangover guys. You know, like, remember, like, they, they, the Falcons were in this position and they came out the next season and looked like ass. And it's just what happens. And uh, we'll know before the end of the first half if the Niners still got it or not. Yeah. Hard to I like, uh, I say Niners. If you're going Sherman versus <clears throat> Hopkins, I mean, give me Hopkins all day. I love Richard Sherman, but. He's definitely not in his prime anymore, and DeAndre is as good as a receiver can get. So yeah, oh, yeah. you just you don't sign a dude right before the season starts like that if you don't believe and see some some good shit in practice. So Richard Sherman's still looking for those socks that Sammy Watkins juked him out of in the Super Bowl, and uh, he is still good. He's great. But uh, you're right. I mean, Hopkins is better than Sammy, so that's going to be a matchup, and. Both games, Niners and uh, the Cards played last year, were close. And Eiler actually played them tough, especially in the second half. So I actually really like Kyler as a fantasy pick, which I did pick in the fifth round, and I believe will be a very smart thing. He'll be this year's Lamar. I'm super smart. And they will not win this game, but play them tough. Get me the fantasy points I need. And and scare the league, and uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. And then maybe you know the Niners will start their Super Bowl slump just uh, based on the lack of confidence that because uh, they couldn't get the blowout. Yeah, I like the Niners there too, but I do think the Cardinals might put the league on notice. Where it's kind of a crazy shootout game. Like, what the hell's going on? Is the Niners' defense not what we thought it was? Yada yada. Sunday night game, 520 Cowboys at Rams. First ever game at SoFi Stadium. Uh, I cannot wait to watch the Cowboys lose on national TV. It's been far too long since I've gotten one of those dream evenings. Just a dream evening. It's better than watching the Eagles win at this point in my life. Well, That's what I want. It, I, I would agree if they were playing the Giants. Yeah, that's what the that's how you're supposed to start the season. Yeah, you're supposed to start the season with Sunday night, the Cowboys losing at home to the Giants. 
That's what the year is supposed to be. They're playing at the Rams. I hate this. I hate this. We're supposed to be watching them lose while 10,000 people get COVID before our eyes. That would have been the, the better scenario. There's no doubt. But now we got to watch, you know, Gallup and Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. You know, there's only one Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, the, the, on paper, the Cowboys are one of the favorites and their offense is supposed to be explosivo and crazy. I hope that they, Mike McCarthy finds a way to fuck this up. And you also got Zeke uh, going up against not Corey Littleton anymore in the uh, in the linebacker room for the for the Rams. I just think they can't really account for everybody on defense. They weren't even that good last year when they were supposed to be. Uh, I do love Aaron Donald though. He's very fun on Hard Knocks, and he's just so big. He's just so big and kind of like he's built like like rock steady from the. You know, from the Ninja Turtles cartoons, he's like got that just pure granite kind of look. But, Jared Goff you know, is Bebop. Can you really? Can, yeah, and and Bebop didn't know uh, where the sun set. I think was the storyline. It's just they're not as good as they're supposed to be, and I worry for you guys that the Cowboys are better than you think they are. So I actually am going to go Cowboys. I'm picking the Rams. Uh... Go Rams. Uh, yeah, same Rams. Have to say it. I have no choice. Okay. Two Monday night games. Uh, this is this kind of tradition they've been doing for a few years now. I, don't, I can't remember exactly when it started, but uh, we all love it. It's the first Monday night of the season. We get the early game here on the West Coast. You got a 4-15 start. You got Steelers at Giants. Quick, do you guys know who Daniel Jones' backup is? Um, Scram Jones, the old battle rapper? From the Smack it is DVD? Colt McCoy. Oh, my son. Your son. I love that dude. I love that dude. He's yeah. a great backup. Perfect backup for Daniel Jones. They're kind of just the same guy. Daniel Jones is yeah, just a little taller. Literally, think, but yeah, I, literally just a smaller penis than Daniel Jones. I think Pittsburgh is going to be good. And I know we talked a little bit about the AFC North. I feel like that's going to be – the Steelers are going to be back in the mix with the Ravens. The Ravens might kind of fall back to earth slightly, even though they're going to be great. And the Steelers are going to be a lot better than they were last year. Uh, Big Ben's problematic ass is back on the field. See how long his elbow lasts. But um, it'll be nice to see the Giants lose also on national TV right after the Cowboys lost. It's a perfect back-to-back for me. Could be fun. I I, I want to see Saquon go nuts. I want to I want to see him have some Barry Sanders type meaningless eighteen hundred yard seasons. I think Daniel Jones actually likes to throw it a little too much. For I had Saquon last season and he was very underwhelming because Daniel Jones just likes to chuck it. He likes to throw it to whoever's down the field, and uh, it's weird because he's not very good. But maybe he's. I don't know, maybe he's just got a chip on his shoulder because everybody made fun of him when he got drafted. It's the worst he's the he's the most derided six pick that I've seen uh until the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert and he sucks. Well I will well, say he hasn't played a game yet. 
You know who couldn't take it was Josh Rosen's ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was at least He's a 10. He's uh, At 10, you, you know, can start to suck. Maybe Joe Judge made Daniel Jones take enough laps where he thought about the season. He's going to come back refocused. I like the Steelers in this game. Their defense is awesome. I think it's going to be just as good as it was last year. And their offense will be back on track because they don't have the worst quarterbacks on earth this season. I don't know who they're – I think it's still Mason Rudolph as the backup, but do you guys remember those Duck Hodges games? Woof. God. That was bad. Negative one sentence. Um, one more game. 7.10 p.m. Titans at Broncos. Vrabel got his man. Jadavion Clowney, welcome to the team. I'm sure Vrabel had a, a great phone call with, uh, with Clowney. I think we, <laughs> we might have a piece of the audio, a leaked piece of the audio from that phone call. Oh, yeah, hold on. Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, Jadavian, uh, how you doing? Uh, this is head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, I want to welcome you to the team and uh, hoping you can call the paramedics for me. I'm having a heart attack. Hey, better get used to that shit, Clowney. The guy has a heart attack every day. <laughs> um, it's good to have Coach back on the show. That's nice. Uh, the Broncos seem weird. I don't know. They're kind of exciting to me. There's something there. I like Cortland Sutton. Uh, I like that this quarterback, I've seen a lot of sideline uh, footage of him rapping along to all the new songs he at least uh, has some sort of swag. He's like Baker Mayfield, only not with the hype. Yeah, everybody. Uh, I feel like a lot of fantasy uh, people were up Noah Fant's ass. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what's up with that. I just picked him up. He's probably he is good, and he's probably going to get a lot of throws because uh, I think everybody's going to focus on the receivers in Denver. And he's going to get a lot of throws from a you know a quarterback that's second year, not really a prodigy or anything. He's like an he's an aspiring Ryan Tannehill right now. Sure. Let me ask you guys this: How come every tight end has a block shaped head? They all have cube like rectangular cube shaped heads. What is that? I think you have. I think you have to have that to to be able to block people effectively. Yeah, yeah. You got to run right. Good spacing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to look like a lightning. I know we talked about the Titans' kind of season prospects. Do you think that they show up in this game and kind of picked up where they left off, or is it going to be kind of a rocky start and this season's going to be weird, or is it just Derrick Henry hours and this motherfucker's going to run for two hundred seventy yards? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go that way just because I have adopted them in my hearts. And if you get to just spew nonsense about the Eagles, I can say what I want about the Titans. I feel like, you know, uh, I mean, Danny's about to marry fucking Patrick Mahomes. I could believe we'll win a road game. Playing in Denver is hard or whatever, right? Uh, uh, altitude is a thing. Who gives a shit? Titans! Titans! Yeah, I got the Titans there too. Spewing bullshit about the Eagles. You mean talking about how vulnerable they are? What kind of bullshit no. is that? Okay, so you picked out one sentence. What about the other 40 sentences? I don't remember going crazy on the Eagles. This, I've just been like, man, this is going to be rough. You've got mail. Time to, to go through the pile of mail that is just in Jamel's apartment. 
Yeah, I've Mel, been using you're, it to you're basically, prop up my coffee table. You're like Scrooge McDuck, only you're swimming through mail instead of coins. You want to grab something and uh, yeah, read yeah. it for us? Check this out. I got a, I got a crazy one. Uh, this is from Matthew Barry. Oh, it's just a, the, a random. I think it's the real one. Let me see the first line. Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, huge fan of the show. Uh, I am the Matthew Barry you're thinking of, lead fantasy football analyst at ESPN. And I wanted to tell you guys about my venture into podcast fantasy sports. That's right. I'm starting a league of podcast fantasy. It's not fantasy football. We are picking podcasts to score fantasy points. And if you guys paid attention to my first ever podcast sleeper pick, which was human feces, you're already seeing big dividends. Human feces was projected to have a 10th round value, but you're actually getting third round numbers already one week into the season. Uh, So uh, ride doo-doo to a championship finish. Thanks for having me, Matthew Barry. Yeah, I mean... I, like I said, I think Phil Rivers is going to be one of those topical things. You obviously have poop in there. Maybe they're closer. Every team is going to have a guy who got shit on now. That's what's coming next. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Matthew Barry. That's crazy that he wrote in. He could have called us or texted or could have came on the show. But... I also have an NFL celebrity piece of mail. It's from George Kittle. George writes, he says, is it just me or is it getting crazier out there? I used to think last season was a tragedy. Now I realize it was a comedy. What doesn't kill you makes you stranger. And if you didn't know by now, I'm an agent of chaos. But I could use this show's help. What's the most twisted thing you guys can picture happening throughout the course of the season? P.S. Why so serious? Uh, Signed, George Kittle. A man with a Joker tattoo. He wants to know what's the most twisted thing that you could picture happening. Uh, the most twisted thing I could see happening is the Cleveland Browns all get COVID, have to suspend their season. The stadium is turned into a monster truck rally, which devolves into real life twisted metal. <laughs> It's so funny that you mentioned earlier uh, how hyped Browns fans last were last year. I think we had three Browns fans on the show, and oh. we got to watch them each be more <laughs> increasingly pissed off as they came on the show. Just how, and I think that's how far it could go. Is just it's just a monster truck stadium now. You guys don't have a team anymore because Odell Beckham got shit on. I mean, obviously that's what's actually going to happen in Dallas, but I said Cleveland for extra spice. Yeah, my twisted thing is the Cowboys just being good. That'd be bad. That would be rough. I think I think Cap and Jerry Jones are gonna do a basic reenactment of the Happy Gilmore Bob Barker fight. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. <laughs> nice, Danny. You got a piece of mail. Always from the bottom of the bag, pulling one out. Hey guys, big fan of the show. This is famed neurologist Dr. Bennett Amalu, or as you probably know me, Will Smith from the movie Concussion. I spent over a decade bringing the serious issue of CTE to the forefront, 
and started a movement to create real change in how the game is played. But now with COVID and the ongoing racial justice situation dominating the NFL, I'll be honest, even I've stopped giving a shit. And judging by the on-demand numbers for my movie, so did you. I mean, really, wasn't it just like one in 10,000 players goes nuts and tries to kill his family? Thousands are dying every day from the virus. And if that doesn't get these players, then they'll go outside and get shot by a cop. We weren't going sh- we to solve this whole brain thing anyway. We just put some padding in the helmets and kickoffs are different. 2020 has taught us all that if you only live once. So let's bring back hits on defenseless players and leading with the head and have a good time on our way to the grave. Like I always say, tell the truth. <laughs> Just kidding. Lie your asses off. Who cares? Signed, Dr. B. Whoa. <laughs> I had to do tell the truth. That was the, that was the money line. That was the Oscar <laughs> line. Yeah, that's what we agreed upon. <laughs> See, Jamel... Jamel called you out hard again, but I'm clean as a whistle. <laughs> yeah, you can. Danny can do that. <laughs> yeah, Danny's gonna go get ribs after this. <laughs> I do know ribs. Uh, okay, let's do our final thoughts for the week. I was going to say that we went the whole show, but we went pretty much the entire show without mentioning the NFL's handling of the pandemic, which means they're doing a pretty good job. This has become less of a story. And I know nationally they're trying to sweep the shit under the rug. But for the league itself, I remember how many false tests we were getting and and how many players were opting out. And the last few weeks, that news has really just kind of gone away and it's become more about the games. Uh, And I hope it becomes closer to what the NBA feels like where, you know, we're playing playing games and it feels more or less kind of like what it would feel like instead of, being worried about the the pandemic every second. What I will say is now that I've flown commercial, uh, I'm th- I'm this close to becoming an anti-masker. Yeah, you know I mean, like just because I did it successfully, I did wear a mask the whole time. But now that I'm still alive, I I don't care about anyone's well-being or safety. Let's just do this. Well, I think those guys all have private planes, right? The teams they're not flying with other people. They have to. Some maybe maybe the free agents who come in or something have to do that. I'm pretty sure that's what how that works, unless they're really right. good. It is starting to worry me that I'm starting to believe I could maybe leave my house and not die, and that's yeah, that, you that know, worries me too. If you drive down Sunset Boulevard and you see just every motherfucker having lunch, sitting outside, and people spitting in each other's mouths, you're like, man, things seem normal. They're really enjoying this time. We could be. On a completely other level where not only do we not have to go into work, but we can also do whatever we want. We're so close. Pretty strange. I'm telling you, if you lived in Virginia, you would be outside. You would be in a mall licking doorknobs. <laughs> uh, here's my final thought. Uh, the You know, the changing the, uh, the Redskins name to the football team hasn't been as jarring as I thought. You know, early on, my friends were acting like their childhood was disintegrating. But, you know, everybody's kind of just leveled off into one of watching the team. The only thing we have not figured out is what to do with the song. Uh, the beats don't match up with the amount of words anymore. I think it's time for a new song. And uh, the, I need the team to do the right thing and get a DC staple involved. Uh, uh, any go-go band, take your pick. I personally would choose Backyard Band just because they're on Instagram the most. We just need a go-go band to redo the song. 
You're already trying to pretend you like black people. Make it as black as possible. Time for a Hail to the Football Team Go-Go remix. Let's go. I'll test out a final thought, which is just uh, me and Dan Hardigan took the plunge, made a bet, $100 a piece on Joe Biden to win. It was 50-50 odds. Checking the uh, betting odds right now. It's on its way back up in Joe Biden's favor. We cashed in at just the right time. So yes. Let's go, Joe. Let's go. Joe knows. Well, I know where I'll be Sunday, and it's on my couch watching football. We're back. It feels good. I'm excited. Danny, Thursday, you guys are kicking things off, and then we got a full Sunday slate. Can't wait for football, and I'm fucking grossed out with myself by how excited I am. And for that, I am sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, extremely sorry all around. Sorry's for everybody on me. (laughs) 